0: Coming to a country near you soon. A New Zealand-based company is already selling compressed air in tin cans with a mask. (laughs) Now, the company claims the air is collected from some of the pristine regions of New Zealand. Huh? Now, they're selling it already in India and in China, They say that air quality is at hazardous levels and people are needing fresh air. So they're buying home pure air purifiers for, you know, the family at the house, but that's not outside. And that's where the cans come in. Yes, air in a can. (laughs) you can now carry your own pure air nice you have fresh water in a bottle and air in a can now you i'm not sure how many it's going to take for you to you know just breathe out of a can every day but according to them a nine liter the can of air lasts about 181 second inhalations hmm so our regular breath is about three seconds so that means you're only going to get about 60 inhalations and if you use it nonstop, i mean that's not even going to last you 10 minutes <laughs> but hey whatever how much is clean pristine air from new zealand worth to you huh that's what i thought you can buy a pack of four Now you're going to have to, it doesn't say what the American exchange is, so I'm not real sure, but you can purchase four for 99.9 NZDs, yay, and an RS-50 or an NZD, one every minute of survival, so man, you are looking good. Pure, fresh New Zealand air coming to a country near you very, very soon welcome (laughs) welcome welcome to chewing the fat all right so i've got to lead with uh, my mistake i was uh, you can stop emailing me you can stop messaging me i've already been hollered at from my son maximus uh you know maximus he joins myself and jason buttrell on talking walking dead every week He came down from upstairs yesterday afternoon saying, Dad, Dad, I'm listening to the show, and it's Logan Paul that fights Mayweather. It's not Jake. You keep calling him Jake. It's not Jake Paul. It's Logan Paul. Okay, I got it. So apparently, because I care so much, I was saying that it was Jake Paul. Fighting Mayweather when we talked about the Paul Mayweather fight or the Mayweather Paul fight yesterday on the show. So I just let me out front lead with the mistakes. I apologize. It's Logan Paul. It's Mayweather versus Paul, and it's Logan Paul, not Jake Paul. Jake Paul is the one who got kicked out of the stadium after stealing Floyd's hat at their first press conference, and he was banned from the stadium. And now, of course, it was just a bit so. We're going to go ahead and allow him back into the stadium for fight night, which is this coming Sunday. But I apologize. Okay. It was my fault. I don't know what I was thinking. I was probably thinking, I don't really care which Paul brother it is, but you know, I apologize. We have to get it right. So I understand it's Logan Paul fighting Floyd Mayweather this weekend, not Jake there. All right. Out of the way. A new analysis of a Census Bureau survey found that the last two stimulus checks led to more than a 40% drop in food insecurity and financial instability among families. So that's good to know, huh? And over a 20% drop in anxiety and depression. Okay. I mean, critics had argued the checks were wasteful and questioned whether they'd reached the people most in need. Now we know it helped. So good. Now, the study didn't address the effect on the U.S. deficit. (laughs) We know what the effect on the U.S. deficit was, but I digress. And it didn't address whether it gave people less motivation to find a job. Hmm. I think we know that as well. Yesterday, it said, uh, Fortune 500 said that uh, 41 women are leading the U.S.'s largest companies. That's an all-time record. Well, congratulations to the 41 women who are now leading 41 of the Fortune 500 companies. Among the CEOs are Roz Brewer from Walgreens Boots Alliance and uh, Thesunda Brown Duckett, from TIAA. The first time two black women are on the list simultaneously. Another name to know is Citigroup's Jane Frazier, the first woman to lead a major U.S. bank. And that's still not good enough, okay? Uh, Women still only hold 8.1% of CEO spots on the Fortune 500 list, so... Get over it, okay? Move aside, white man. Let the women in. And... Also, uh, the Czech Republic has took up a proposal that would allow women to choose if they want Ova in their last names. In the country, women typically have their father's or husband's surname um, with Ova tacked on. You know, like uh, if your last name was, say, Novak, and it becomes Novakova. Novakova. But uh, this, been, this, pro, I mean, this practice has been deemed really, really sexist, and, and it is. Oh, my gosh. So a former minister has now proposed ending the linguistic norm, and the country's Senate is going to take up the vote on the change. So we're not going to have any more of this sexist linguistic norm going on in the Czech Republic. Also in California— Governor Gavin Newsom has put 41 counties under a state of emergency in an attempt to drastically limit water use. Some scientists say the region is facing the worst drought in centuries. The water levels of 1,500-plus reservoirs in California are 50% lower than normal at this time of the year. Wow. That is per Jay Lund, the co-director of the Center for Watershed Sciences at UC Davis. And who doesn't love the Center for Watershed Sciences at UC Davis? This means huge cuts to the water that farmers in the state use to produce over 25% of the country's food supply. So, so much for that almond milk. (laughs) I mean, California accounts for 80%. Of the U.S. almond supply. But because of shrinking water allocation, some farmers are just bulldozing down the old thirsty almond trees. Officials are predicting the water level of Lake Oroville to hit, which is the lake of, of record for water, I'm, I'm told, uh, is going to hit a record low in August. And if that happens, they would need to shut down a major hydroelectric power plant. that's it though we just shut it down oh okay which uh will put extra strain on the electrical grid from and that's the hottest part of the summer plus california gets i forget what the percentage is of power that they get from out of state they don't even produce their own power Uh, in april california announced they're driving 146 of the 15 146 truckloads of 15 million plus salmon to the Pacific ocean because the fish wouldn't be able to swim in the dangerously shallow, warm waterways connecting the state's central Valley to the ocean. That is so nice of California. Yeah. The water's getting too low. We're going to ship the salmon (laughs) throw them in the back of a truck, take them to the ocean. Five, of the six largest wildfires in modern california history happened last year uh 30 people died because of it if there's a drought going on now you can count on more fires this year wow and that will have more consequences to the agricultural community and wildlife preservation tourism industries that's it though that's it so it's going to be a fun fun time in california you can count on that. Wow, that's just uh, that's a nightmare. That's amazing that they would shut down the hydroelectric power plant. Just shut it down. Yeah, we don't have enough water. And just shut it down. You know what? Shut it off. Make it go dark. Turn the lights off. You guys go home. We'll call you back when we get a little bit of rain. Oh, oh okay, uh, no problem. And we have some breaking news today on Fat Pile Friday here on Chewing the Fat. For those of you listening live on the 4th of June, 2021, uh, Mission Impossible 7 is delaying their shoot. Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible shut down until the fort, well, for 14 days, uh, they have a production assistant who tested positive uh, for COVID-19 and is going to self-isolate. They don't know uh, how many people on the team tested positive, but they have temporarily halted production due to the positive coronavirus positive test. Wow. Just during the routine testing. Oh, you're positive. Shut it down. I mean, that's what Tom was all wound up about a few months ago back in December. Right. I mean, that was the big. How many meters is that? standing around the computer and hanging out around here. Yeah. What are you doing? And it went on and on. But he was right. He was right. He was, you know, we we're trying to keep people working. I mean, this has been a big time project for Tom. And he's really tried to keep everyone working during the pandemic. And it was, heck, though, he had people wanting to go home because of the lockdowns in England. So some of the production crew were like, yeah, we, can, we don't want to work. We want to go back home, and we don't know that we're going to be able to get back in uh, when they, you know, before they open it back up. I mean, he and he's the one that's been paying in Norway, and then they were shooting in Italy, and I think Norway is where he rented uh, cruise ships for the team to live on, so he would keep them isolated. Just incredible. Anyway, uh, the breaking news is Mission Impossible Seven shut down until at least June fourteenth with a positive COVID nineteen test. Sorry, Tom Cruise. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh yeah, here we go. Oh. <laughs> so as long as we're in the break room, we might as well remind you that uh again, today 6-4-2021 for those of you listening live it's national donut day i know right i it's a good thing to celebrate i i could tear up some donuts right now i know that may come as a surprise but man i could tear up some serious donuts so you could get uh, from you uh, flowers chocolate covered mini donuts 48 bucks wait how much do i get for 48 dollars originally 60 dollars from your flowers chocolate covered mini donuts 48 dollars original price 60 bucks i mean that's a good deal but doesn't say how many i get harry and david simply chocolate marshmallow donuts 43 dollars okay what's going on angel food bakery vanilla jumbo donut cake $89. The 1-800-baskets.com chocolate donut and cake pop bouquet. $50. Those look good, though. Oh, man. I bet you those are good. Stan's Donuts Gluten Less Donuts assortment. $59. We got to get in the donut business. We got to get in the donut business. All right. Well, let's talk about something where we can get donuts like right now. So Krispy Kreme, Dunkin' and Tim Hortons are all running donut discounts for customers. That's cool. DiGiorno also created a limited edition pizza donut. I'm willing to give it a try. It doesn't sound that good, but you know what? I'll try it. So at Krispy Kreme, who just went public, we talked about that yesterday, anyone or is going to go public, anyone can get one free donut of their choice. No purchase necessary wow and if you've been vaccinated you can also get a second glazed donut for free so if you've been vaccinated you get two donuts for free for you unwashed unvaccinated people one and get out on uh then we have uh duncan is giving away free donuts with the purchase of a beverage oh come on i gotta buy something (laughs) this is going to give me a free donut tim hortons is selling donuts to rewards members for only 50 cents with any purchase over 50 cents and the deal lasts through june 15th that's not i mean they're celebrating national donut day for a week that's sweet i like that (laughs) so wherever you get your donuts let me take a look at the picture of the donut pizza Ooh, i don't know Am I gonna take am I gonna try it yes do I not necessarily want it uh, correct I don't necessarily want it but you can win it you can win one of the lucky few to try the dejornut <laughs> no purchase necessary must be 18 years of age or older in the US and DC I like how they're separating DC now like it's not really part of the United States oh, okay it needs to be a a post state does it okay whatever that's enough i got gotcha. you but a little a little agonizing anyway uh you can enter at uh DiGiorno. is a digornio.com probably let's see the link here that it has in their tweet you can follow at DiGiorno. uh keep life delicious nestle usa nice nestle digornio is part of the nestle family all right, so you can enter and they've got a long list of, you know, who can, what can happen for you to win. But it's possible that you're going to win the pizza donut or the <laughs> Jesus, Ridiculous. And you see in Florida, uh, this is Florida. This is Florida. So a man was attacked by an iguana. And he is saying that he killed it due to the stand your ground law. Now, he's saying that because he wants to get out of animal cruelty charges that could put him up behind bars for, I don't know, five years? For killing an iguana? Come on now. So he's accused of brutally pummeling, pummeling, pup, I can't, a brutally pummeling, brutally pummeling an iguana to death. And he was just defending himself. That's what he claimed. so the stand your ground law of course allows people to use force if threatened and there's no requirement to have to retreat so he claimed to use in fear for his life and the against the three-foot iguana the vicious animal got the best of the man savagely bit his right arm wow he received 22 staples for his injury and we're still we're going to charge him with animal cruelty come on that's enough stop it the animal had leaned forward with its mouth wide open and showing its sharp teeth in a threatening manner killing an iguana i thought you could do that in florida but apparently oh you you can stab them you can punch them with a shovel but they can't suffer oh and this animal suffered this defenseless animal At least 17 times he was kicked and caused him to death. Clearly, clearly he tormented the animal, which was found to have a lacerated liver, a broken pelvis, and internal bleeding. That may have happened with a shovel. I mean, okay, no, stop it. This whole thing is just silly. I mean, if, if he was actually attacked from the iguana, which, I mean, he got... He was injured, according to the story, then the iguana should not have any rights. Boy, that's weird saying that, thinking that an iguana would have rights to begin with, but okay. And we did the story on uh, Pat this morning, and I I found it fascinating. So there's 15 elephants that are in this Chinese city They've roamed 300 miles across southern China in the longest movement recorded in the country by the animals researchers, and they are, according to the story, mystified. This herd of wild Asian elephants are in uh, southwestern China's Yunnan province, and they're just looking for better food. Maybe they've gotten lost. Well, maybe we point them in the right direction then and we just say go that way and we put a couple trucks behind them and herd them down the road so i don't understand they've devoured truckloads of corn and pineapples (laughs) they've tried to divert them to other areas and they've just continued along their way and we don't know what's going to happen to them we're just letting them move around wow so I know that they've captivated the world now, and they've captivated Chinese social media, but they've already caused over a million dollars worth of damage. Now, I don't know what all that damage is, but if they're starting to damage homes and vehicles and places of business, then it's time to do something. I I really don't understand why we're just letting this happen. There's, uh, and I said there's 15, this story says there's 16 elephants wow and we can't do anything about it no if we can't do anything about these elephants it's the world has gone mad there's no doubt about that now the picture from above here has what two four six seven eight nine shows nine of them two little baby elephants so the others are off somewhere else destroying someone else's property so i say we i mean we talked about it this morning but really the ringling brothers and barnum and bailey circus people they're doing nothing bring them in let's herd them up and move them out Hurt them up and move them out but to just let them wander around and destroy property even though it's china and i barely care um we need that we can't allow this to happen because if we're going to allow it to happen there the next thing you know it's going to be allowed here and that's when i say we all say uh how about no speaking of how about no you hear about the Jay Cutler, former NFL quarterback, and his, well, ex-wife, or soon-to-be ex-wife. And they're separated. Kristen, Calv- Kristen Cavallari. Uh, she has a lifestyle company, Uncommon James. And they've been going through their divorce. And they've, they've got, uh, I, I think that they have joint custody of their children. They have three kids. Um eight seven and five uh two boys and a daughter and apparently now jay wants half of her company i would say uh what's good for the goose is good for the gander uh if she, if it was his company and if she wanted half in the divorce no one would think anything of it now she you know i don't know We'll, you know, we'll see how it works out. It could be this could be just because he's mad at her or whatever. But she is like, uh, "How about no? <laughs> it's not your company. I started it with my money, and I did it with my funds. And uh, we'll see if that's actually true. But and she also said that him wanting half of the company." Well, he thinks he owns half of the company. He does not. And that is not in our non-existent prenup. So <laughs> she is having a none of it. Uh, you can keep saying to yourself that it's half yours, but it is not. And apparently, during this custody agreement and their you know, divorce announcement and everything, uh, Cutler wanted to come and talk. To the company, and he claims that he supported the business and you know he praised the cookbook and he praised her on Instagram. oh that's so nice, Jay that's so nice of you, but he wanted to uh, he wanted to talk to the company, speak to the employees, and she was like, uh, how about no <laughs> uh, I'm potentially creating a monster if I let him go in. So that is not going to happen. So we'll see what happens there. I, you know, I want to be on her side and say, "Jay, come on now." I don't know how much money Jay has made over the years. It says here he's worth 30 million. Okay. Uh, I think that's okay. You know, you give uh you set up a couple of trust funds for the kids. You give a house to the wife and you both move on with your lives. What do you think? Oh, man, I've already taken care of it for him. You're welcome. (music) Disney Plus continues to lead the pack of the new streaming services. They just announced that they have reached 94.9 million subscribers. Alrighty then, now they're talking about their revenue uh, plunged 28% from a year earlier levels, which, you know, I guess people are paying less for it, maybe. Um, the subscriber growth was at the high end of the, uh, Alan, yeah, no kidding. ESPN Plus is now at 12.1 million subscribers, nearly double the amount of a year ago. Hulu rose 30% to 39.4 million subscribers across its on-demand service and the Hulu plus live TV bundle with 4 million subscribers to the live bundle. Hulu is now the fifth largest pay TV operator in the U S. Wow. So, I mean, that's, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say 94.9 million subscribers for Disney is pretty darn good. That's just me though i'm just going out on a going out on a limb and and, uh, we'll see etsy has acquired the thrifting app depop for 1.6 billion (laughs) dollars wow so for etsy according to this the median seller is about 39 so depop's overwhelmingly gen z user base more than 90 percent of its users are under 26 i i'm gonna have to start using depop i think it's like a second-hand shopping platform i like it It's it's the thrift store of of the web of the web world so more than 26 million users across 147 countries buy and sell apparel and accessories Revenue, which mostly comes from the commission Depop charges per sale, doubled last year to $70 million. Sales grew faster last year than its fashion resale rivals, uh, Poshmark and ThreadUp. Wow, more than $650 million worth of goods traded hands on Depop in 2020. Uh, congratulations, Amazon announced it's going to no longer include marijuana in its drug screening for some of its workers now if you have a position that's regulated by the department of transportation it's you know you you're still gonna not be able to smoke that pot but they're gonna treat marijuana like alcohol we'll see how that turns out for them Other employees, uh, Hospitality Ventures, a management group that runs Marriott and Hilton hotels, have also dropped marijuana testing, so presumably they're going to attract hard to find staff. Okay. Seven million drug tests conducted for employers by Quest Diagnostics last year. 2.7% came back positive for marijuana. But the number has been rising slowly uh, since 2016 as more states legalize recreational use. All right, we'll see. Uh, I got it. Everybody wants to be able to smoke pot. We'll see how it works out, won't we? Yes, we will. Get ready also for the surge in Made in the Southwest stickers. Get this, from January 2017 to January 2020, five states in the southwest arizona new mexico texas of course oklahoma and nevada accounted for 30 percent of the job growth in manufacturing Uh, thank you no kidding so i mean get ready for made in the southwest stickers it should already be on them no no problem and uh this is the world that we live in now for sure A research compliance specialist, and I don't even know if this story is true, but, you know, it's in the headline list. Porta Twit, T-W-I-D-T-C, I I don't even know if that's real. Twit, her name is Twit? No, it makes this story not real. But according to this, she decided to quit her job after her employer asked her to come back to work for a six-minute meeting. Companies that require workers to return to the office after one year of work from home might be at risk of losing them to more remote friendly companies. That's what this is all about from Bloomberg. We want more people working from home and more businesses to start becoming remote friendly companies. No way. That's a real story. Portia Twit. <laughs> yeah, okay. She quit her job because she didn't want to come back for a six minute meeting. I doubt that very much and we talked the other day about twitter uh upping their game or so-called upping their game with twitter blue so right now only australian and canadian users can pay around three dollars a month to access blue features like a 30-second grace period to undo or edit a tweet before it's posted prioritized customer support reader mode for easier viewing of threads and color scheme customation for the app um okay i know everybody's been begging for the edit button that would be nice an edit button would be nice but they are not giving you that so you can get uh the twitter's product team i guess has given some new features or they're going to be giving new features launching uh these new features sometime in the future a virtual tip jar super follows for individual users to charge for subscriptions voice-based direct messages and tweets features that limit the spread of misinformation and prevent harassment i hope that moves to the top of the list because lord knows we don't want to spread misinformation and we don't want to have harassment we want to prevent that so i better move to the The stop, the top of the list. They're going to have uh, stories, which I don't know what they're going to call it. Um, In this particular story, they're calling it fleets. (laughs) 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 But I don't know what they're going to call it. Uh, They call it, uh, you know, twit stories. And spaces, which is, I guess, a clubhouse competitor. So more good news coming out of our Internet world right there. You know we talked the other day about uh the airline industry and how they are struggling with the passengers who are you know becoming uh unruly and uh you know i kind of i think i got a little upset and i didn't really mean to get upset about it well yes i did because uh, it's partly the airline's fault but according to this now american airlines said it expects or they expect 47 of its top 50 corporate accounts to start traveling again this year okay Uh, that sounds pretty good. I would like to see, okay, so 47 of the 50 corporate accounts, the top corporate accounts say they're going to start traveling again. That doesn't mean they're going to reach the levels they were at. I'm sorry. No. Uh, Hilton CEO said that Memorial Day weekend was the busiest its hotels have been in the COVID era. 93% of the rooms were occupied. That's good news. And when you look around, I'm not kidding you. Now there's a there's one, um, one hotel that I, I don't know why I just happened to look at it. Every, when I drive into the studios, it's, uh, it's not far from the studios. And I remember during, you know, COVID driving by it. And I mean, nobody was there. You know what I mean? It was just lights out. And uh, this morning I drove by and, you know, there's that parking lot was maybe half full, but that's on a Friday, a Friday morning, you know, at four 30 in the morning. So, I mean, we're back. America is back. Let's get this taken care of. <laughs> and I see where United Airlines, as long as we're speaking of the airlines, is buying fifteen supersonic net zero carbon jets from Boom Supersonic. It's supposed to twat fly supposed to fly twice as fast as today's passenger jets. Okay i'm good with that let's go get up in the air and get me there and look if it's if they fly great if their net zero carbon aircraft is on 100 percent sustainable aviation fuel okay i'm okay with that that's fine but i don't want to be screwed up you know if we could get this thing off the ground uh we'd be twice as fast as everybody else but we can't get it off so that's the way it goes Right now they're saying that a flight between Newark to Heathrow, taking three hours and thirty minutes instead of six hours and thirty minutes. All right, let's go. It's supposed to roll out in twenty twenty-five. First flight in twenty twenty-six. Let's make that move up the pace a little bit. Let's get it here now. I'm. I like the sound of that. I mean, who doesn't fly back and forth from Newark to Heathrow? I mean, on a you know, darn near weekly basis. So, I mean, three hours and 30 minutes. And that really is huge for the Hollywood crowd because there's so many people who live in the United Kingdom that come here to work or from here to there to work. So uh, that's really big. I mean, it takes, that's a big chunk of your time uh, flying back and forth. So it take you, you know, the it take you back and forth what it takes now one way that's pretty huge i don't know if you know this but time is the one thing you can't buy more of just letting you know you, you can quote me on that and i asked people to uh, email me with uh, their vaccine stories whether they were going to get vaccinated or not and why one of them came from uh, leslie she emailed chewing the fat at the blaze.com, uh, blaze.com chewing the fat at theblaze.com and uh she said that uh you know big fan anti-vaxxer and anti-masker i let myself get talked into the vaccine i'm five 285 pounds type 2 diabetes wife and daughters guilted me in parentheses don't ask as a listener the j and j was my choice i know i won and done right and plus she was saying uh, not mrna she got uh she got it on may 4th so it's been a month and she's had zero symptoms or side effects no tail extra toes or fingers not even a third eye wow not even uh magnetic wow you talk about getting ripped off <laughs> you did my friend you did so she claims in the email that she's not selling me on it. She's just sharing her experience, so there you have I mean there's one person who got the vaccine against her you know gut feeling, and it's fine right um so I don't know. do you go with your gut uh, or do you just kind of stick in the vaccine hesitant and wait for a little bit more information i I don't know. I really don't know what to tell you. You know, we have, we talked about now there's 52% of at least 52% of the United States that is vaccinated. Hell, we've got so many vaccines. We're giving it away to other countries now. How come we don't sell some of that? Uh, Let's make a little bit of money. Uh, We've spent quite a bit of money in the last few years. How about we sell a little bit of that? We have some extra vaccines here. Want some? Here. We know your country is really needing it. We'll sell it to you. Okay. But, you know, we're just too darn nice for that. But apparently, we have a new study that claimed to have proof the scientists created COVID 19 in the lab. (gasps) How dare you talk about that? I know. I know. But there's a big story. The study concludes the likelihood of it being the result of natural processes is very small okay uh i guess all right then there was another study that showed where the chinese military bioengineered rodents that they were using in gene editing technology known as CRISPR, and it was mentioned in an april 2020 study that the u.s government virologist flagged for national security council officials investigating the origin of coronavirus so what did they do yeah they created mice with humanized lungs to test the infectiousness of various viruses huh you don't think anything happened there do you when the nsc investigators worked backward to establish a timeline for the study they realized that the critters were created sometime during the summer of 2019 before the coronavirus pandemic. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, they made these so that uh, they wanted to see how the mice susceptibility, I can't even say that word. I can't, what words can I, I not even speak today. The uh, susceptibility to the virus that causes COVID-19. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's that. (laughs) But those agencies and that information, dismissed. They didn't care. We don't want to see it. So, I don't know what to tell you. If you want to get the vaccine, good luck, God bless. If you don't want to get the vaccine, stand over there, would you? Because I don't really... You know it's fine it's all good but you stay over there <laughs> it's a ridiculous so we've got so much space news i've got a, a long list of space news to get to i don't know what to get to first i guess we can go to the government ufo report that finds no evidence flying objects are aliens but does not rule out the possibility oh really okay now I would say from that that it's us right I want to believe that it's us and those while we're saying that uh you know they're not aliens that means that they're you know products objects that we are creating and of course the government said well we can't reach a definitive conclusion about what these unidentified flying objects are many remain a mystery oh Okay. What about it being from us? Did you throw that in there? Why? Yes. Yes, they did. They said it could not tie most of the more than 120 incidents over the last two decades to the U.S. military or other advanced government technology. But I guess it leaves the possibility open that those Objects were created by other countries, like China and Russia, just not us. Uh okay. You know what? We believe you. Do we? I mean, I've got so much so many space stories to get to. We can talk about the new propulsion system that they're working on. We've got to talk about that. We can talk about uh Amazon. And they're whining to Congress, looking to get some more money. We can talk about Elon Musk. You know, let's talk about Elon Musk just for a second because he's, you know, Mr. Space now. But this really doesn't have to do with space. It has to do with how he violated the SEC agreement. So he had a, had a settlement with the SEC. that They were the company Tesla was supposed to uh, look over all his tweets before they were tweeted Oh. Okay, Uh, no problem. So I guess that didn't happen. So for in the past two years, he has tweeted some things that were questionable from the SEC. Two things. Wait, what? Yeah, two tweets from Elon uh, in the past two years have run afoul of an agreement with the u.s securities and exchange commission oh no oh no they were supposed to approve certain posts he makes on the social media site oh no what are you gonna do come on now really two tweets delete those elon that'll be it okay no problem we good now thank you have a good day Really? All I want to talk about is Gary Cooper. <laughs> I know. Don't look at me like that. Yeah, I'm talking about Gary Cooper, the Hollywood actor. i mean, one of the greatest actors of all time. I read a story on Gary Cooper last night, and I am fascinated with this guy. He had a great life, and he pretty much took care of Hollywood business with every Hollywood starlet and some other women and they all loved him. And he threw most of them to the curb and they still just loved him. So he had a 35 year career that started in the silent movies and then in the, you know, classic Hollywood golden age. And he was known for playing the all American hero and many of his cowboy roles, right? Particularly. I mean, the big one was high noon. So he was born in Helena, Montana. The Mean Streets of Helena, Montana, hometown of Pat Gray. On uh, in 1901, he was the youngest, and his parents moved from England, so he was first-generation American. Now he grew up on the cattle ranch, but the mom took him back to England for school for three or four years until they officially moved 100% to America so when he was uh in 1909 when he was 15 he was involved in a really bad car accident which he apparently was lucky to survive and so the accident left him scarred it hurt his he injured his hip and the recommendation from the doctor was yeah you know you probably need to recuperate by horseback riding (laughs) (laughs) oh okay so he does and it screws him up forever right so he always walked with that you know stiff off-balanced walk little limp and he sat on the horses kind of sideways Uh, but he had great horsemanship and uh, that's what gave him the edge over other actors when he first started in movies in 1925 I mean, the guy before that, before 1925, before he started being, uh, you know, like the stunt guy, he spent a month in Chicago working as an artist and then came back to Montana and did editorial cartoons for the independent newspaper. I mean, he was kind of an artist. And then he went out to Hollywood and started uh, doing uh, stunt work, which he called uh, tough and cruel. So to move beyond the dangerous stunt work. He paid for a screen test and hired casting director Nan Collins as his agent. She said, "Uh, you know, why don't you change your name to Gary? Uh, I'm from Gary, Indiana, and Gary Cooper sounds really good. So why don't you just change that? And he was like, yeah, you know, I kind of like that. Okay. So not long after that, his career in movies started. He began landing film roles in all these Westerns and non-Western roles. Incredible. And he uh because he grew up on a farm i mean on a ranch in montana he again outshone all these others and he had this you know dynamic personality and in fact the, the after the one movie the first movie in 1926 the all the, the all of the uh, reviewers said he's a dynamic new personality and a future star so goldwyn offers him a deal Five-year contract with Paramount Pictures for one hundred and seventy-five dollars a week, and that's what he starts. You know, he starts making movies, and he gets romantically entangled with this Mexican firecracker, uh, Lupe Velez, uh, famed for her fire dis fiery disposition, who once attacked Cooper with a knife, hurting him so bad he needed stitches, while filming in nineteen thirty with Marlena Dietrich, who was uh, in love with the coop uh velez shows up and insisted on accompanying the duo to the set every day sitting in cooper's lap to make sure dietrich didn't try anything (laughs) and then at one time she shoots at cooper trying to get on a train in chicago but missed him (laughs) so then he starts a love affair with carol lombard and i mean that was just i mean he starts with that But the problem with that was is that Carol Lombard was already married to Clark Gable. So that went over real good, especially when everything was all done. And apparently Lombard told Gable, yeah, uh, I really had a much better time with Cooper. And uh, apparently she told him, "Uh, you know, Coop was uh, bigger as well. (laughs) so clark gable and gary cooper weren't really the best of friends so then after that apparently he got depressed so he lost 40 pounds and he was you know he had fame and wealth and so he just didn't know what to do so he packs a bag and he sails to algiers and then he goes to italy where he lives with this countess a married countess, an American-born eccentric Dorothy Caldwell-Taylor, and she was married to some big Italian figure, which made her the Countess Dorothy DiFrasso. He takes a 10-week safari to Africa with her, then brings her back to Hollywood, and it looks like, you know, they might even tie the knot. But no, no, not so fast. Uh, No, no, no. In 1936, Paramount Studios... Prepared Cooper for a new contract that would raise his salary to eight thousand dollars a week, but Cooper signed a contract with Samuel Goldwyn for six films in as many years with a guaranteed one hundred and fifty thousand a picture. So he's pretty good now. Goldwyn and Cooper, they get into a lawsuit, right? Because they wanted to, uh, you know, they want uh, Paramount wanted the deal with him for eight thousand a week. So the judge. They go to court, and the judge says, you know what? Uh, both contracts will still give him time to honor the deals. I mean, he can work for both of you. So they made him, he made him uh, responsible for both contracts. But that turned him into the highest wage earner in the country. I mean, he was making uh, almost $500,000 a year at the time. A lot of money. In 1939, hello, 482000 a year? I mean, he's buying up Montana. So then he was he was offered at that point a leading role in Gone with the Wind. Rhett Butler, the one that Clark Gable ended up doing, and he turned it down. And he said, "Ah, oh, that's going to be a flop. It's the biggest flop in history. I'm glad that it'll be Clark Gable who's falling on his face." <laughs> now, of course, you know the exact opposite happened. So no telling whether Cooper was bummed or he was just you know whatever. I had your wife move on. So then he's back in the U.S. now. When he came back from uh, Italy and Africa with the Countess, he was on fire, right? He signed the New Deal, and he made all these movies, and some of them were huge. And Mr. Deeds goes to town, meet John Doe, Sergeant York. Uh, He was, uh, you know, he knew what made his character great, and that was him being a hero, being an American hero, right? The great American hero. So that was the deal, and then he took on the role of Lou Gehrig, and it wasn't even because he liked baseball. I didn't even care for it too much. He said that uh, he met with Gehrig's wife after he after Lou died, and Eleanor told Cooper that if she could have anyone play her husband, it would be him. So he agreed, and he's got a close relationship with Ernest Hemingway. They were friends and got together. In fact, Cooper's rugged image was the inspiration for hemingway hemingway's character of robert jordan for the novel for the whom for whom the bell tolls uh gary was married to new york debutante veronica rocky belf from 1933 until his death now he had affairs with uh plenty of actresses patricia Neal, grace kelly lorraine chanel giselle pascal And it was rumored that he had a homosexual affair with the long-life friend and actor Anderson Lawler. (laughs) So, and then he had Clara Bow and Lupe Vallez as well. You remember her, the Mexican firecracker. There's a story that she pulled down Cooper's pants zipper. She unzipped him at a party, claiming that I could smell her cologne. Oh, no, his cologne, actor Lawler's cologne. Oh, that's where they get the uh that's where they get the homosexual affair from so she could smell Lawler's cologne. <laughs> now, maybe Cooper just used Lawler's cologne. I mean, it's possible. And then he had an affair with Ingrid Bergman. Wow, I mean, this guy was on fire, man. And they all in 1948 after working at uh, Fountainhead, he began an affair with patricia neal this was a big one for him uh she was just a 21 at the time (laughs) he was like 49 um so and he was in love with her now this was a big affair that was kept discreet but eventually was you know part of hollywood gossip according to this cooper's wife confronted him are you're sleeping with patricia neal yeah it's true uh, I, I, uh, you know, it's true. And, uh, I'm going to continue to see her. So move on with your life, okay? Just be my wife and go in the other room. <laughs> so apparently he thought he was in love with Neil and she was in love with him. And she got pregnant with his child. And when he found out he wanted her to have a, an abortion, and Patricia said, no, that's not going to happen. And so then, uh, they broke up and he went back to his wife and, uh, then later Patricia tried to reunite with him and he was like no take a hike so she ended up I mean in the end she ended up leaving Hollywood really and his final love affair was with a costume designer Irene Lenz now Lenz claimed that the two had an affair and uh, that's why she took her own life a year after he died because she said she couldn't live without him oh okay um no problem and then uh he had another affair with his co-star grace kelly that was devastating news to patricia Neal as well (laughs) so i mean my man and it goes on to talk about him uh you know performing for the world war ii veterans and how much that meant to him he traveled all over the world He did skits and he you know he met Douglas MacArthur and he shared the same sparse living conditions with the troops and he said it was you know the greatest emotional experience of his life and then he was part of the Hollywood uh red scare with the communist party they did uh, they've done FBI and CIA had reports on him which were you know because he was in one of the movies he played but he wasn't he was everything but and then his buddy carl Foreman was subpoenaed by the house of the un-american activities committee for being a former member of the communist party and gary was like no that's that's not right so he uh, went before congress and stood up for his buddy and it was a big deal and if it would have backfired i mean he's out right he's blacklisted uh no you're not going against gary cooper so he and his friend neither of them were blacklisted thank you Uh, no you're not messing with me Okay. in fact Cooper was way far from being a communist sympathizer in the 40s he founded the motion picture alliance for the preservation of American ideals to uphold the American way of life and keep communist and fascist ideals out of Hollywood movies (laughs) how'd that work out How'd that work out? Because I I, I try to remember. Uh, Boy, what a big alliance that has become, right? The Motion Picture Alliance for the Preservation of American Ideals to uphold the American way of life and keep communist and fascist ideals out of Hollywood. Wow. Did that last a long time? Huh? yeah and then it talks about how he's such a big deal and then in 1960 he underwent surgery for prostate cancer later uh had a tumor removed from his intestine then just after christmas 1960 his wife veronica received news that her husband's cancer had spread to his lungs and bones he was dying family decides not to tell him they go on holiday to england and france gary goes hiking one last time with his friend ernest hemwing way and then they come back to la and the wife says oh by the way uh you're really really sick and you're going to be dying soon and he died in may of 1961 at the age of 60 years of age 60 years i mean just incredible life gary cooper i know i know i just i've read the story and the guy is just incredible plus he died at 60 years old you know all those Hollywood guys, Humphrey Bogart and all those guys, they all died in their 50s and 60s. And you would think that they were so much older because they, they looked so much older. But uh, today's 50 is not the 50 of yesteryear, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you can quote me on that. Today's 50 is not the 50 of yesteryear all right i've gone on and on about gary cooper i i know i'm sorry have a good weekend thanks for listening to chewing the fat i mean have a good rest of your day whenever you're listening to this show but gary cooper was an amazing guy and had an amazing life and took care of a lot of hollywood business oh sure he was an adulterer so what he paid for it in the end He went before the Pope and the Pope forgave him and he became a Christian and ended up, you know, becoming a Catholic in Hollywood and went to the Good Shepherd in Beverly Hills Catholic Church and he was baptized again as an adult. And so let it go. Let it go, okay? I guess that's the way to do it, though. Take care of some serious business when you're young and then, you know, ask for forgiveness later. Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? I think it is.